Hello and welcome to the Brookwood Church Ministries podcast. My name is Chris Birch and I'm the middle school pastor here at Brookwood. This message was recorded at one of our breakout sessions during our phase event. The purpose of this event is to recognize that every life stage of your child's development is critical in their spiritual upbringing. During this podcast, we will specifically explore the adventure of raising infants through children two years of age. Also, on our podcast, you can find messages for other age groups as well as some specific issues you may face while raising your children to live Christ-like lives. We are so excited, so excited that you all are here. This is the first time that Brookwood Church has done a phase conference. The first time me and Laura have done a phase conference, and um, I'm just so honored to be doing this and to be presenting this information to you guys, and I just can't wait to see um, what God does with it. So uh, before we start, I'm going to go ahead and pray, if that's okay with you guys. Let's pray. Um, God, I just thank you so much for this opportunity, God, to speak to these parents and and grandparents and uh, maybe even newly married people, and I thank you that you are our great father, and I thank you that you want us to be good parents, God, because you are the ultimate parent, and I Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would just um, calm our hearts, Lord, and and that you open our hearts to hear and to learn from you, whatever it is that you want us to get from this and to to pour into the people that you've entrusted to us, the children that you've entrusted to us. And and we just ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So my name is Corinne Brank, and this is Laura Reese, and I'm going to let her start and say a little bit about who she is and her family. Okay, I'm Laura Reese, and this is my family. This is Ronald, my husband, and then my two little muffins, Tyler and Izzy. And I'm the connection coordinator downstairs, so I'm with the birth to two-year-olds. All right. Um, as I said earlier, I'm Corinne Brank. Um, my husband, Corinne, uh, Chris Brank, he's here supporting me. He's in the back in the blue. <laughs> That's our, our child, <laughs> our fur baby, Charlie. We love him very much. Um, I am the children's production coordinator for Pod B and Pod A downstairs. So that basically means if you have a child here um, who is between the ages of two and about five or six, they will most likely see me on Sunday mornings in the large group time. And I help write the curriculum that we teach in large group and and put together videos and all the production side of it. So I'm going to start us off. Um, First, we're going to... so as you heard earlier, I don't, I'm not a parent yet. I, that's something me and Chris have been praying for. It's something we really want. Um, but that's not, hasn't been God's timing yet. So I can't speak from the perspective of a parent. But um, I do have a degree, um, a bachelor's degree in early child, childhood education. So I do have some experience with kids. And I've been working here for a year. Um, and also was a nanny for three years. So, um, and, and also, like, you know, not only that experience has God allowed me to have, but this curriculum that we're bringing is orange curriculum, and it's really awesome stuff. We've done a lot of research. We've prepared this for about two or three months now, and this is really great material that we're um, presenting, so I hope that you guys enjoy it and get something from it. So so first off, we're going to talk about physical development. Um, your baby is constantly changing in size and appearance. Um is going to double their birth weight by four months and triple by the first birthday. So you're going to see some major, major growth. If you kept growing at that same rate, you may have been born eight pounds and 20 inches, but by the time you were 20, you would weigh 315 pounds and be 25 feet tall. <laughs> so that's pretty amazing. That's so fun. <laughs> I do have this really fun picture. 
which you <laughs> maybe what you might would look like if you kept growing at the rate of your child during this phase. So, um, and your pediatrician will monitor your growth. Um, as you all know, and you'll learn like what percentile your child's in based on birth, um, birth weight and height and where they're at. Um, but in between those checkups, there are tons of online charts to help guide you. Um, if you guys want to write this down, theworldhealthorganization.com has some amazing charts to help you keep up with that, and it's constantly being updated. And also, if your child is a little bit behind or over where they say it, he should be, it, it's probably normal, and, and you can always check with your pediatrician if you have cause for concern. World Health Organization. Worldhealthorganization.com. A lot of times you'll see it um, abbreviated yeah. as WHO. Yeah. We're good? We're good. So moving on. Their senses are changing. Ooh. Okay, so hearing is going to be fully developed at birth, and vision is going to be fully developed by eight months. That takes a little bit longer. So at birth, they need to be no further than a foot away from um, what they are to focus on. That's the perfect distance for the baby to see who is holding them. So God has just perfectly designed that from the get-go. And also, I didn't mention this at the beginning, but we do have a fill-in blank for you. Does everyone have a pamphlet? Did we get those? We didn't set those out, did we? No, I thought they were in the back. But Chris, um, could you go in the back? Goes orange all the way to the left. Could you pass those out? I'm sorry about that, guys. Pass those out. We do have a fill in the blank just for you to follow along, and all the answers are in the back. So if you um, get behind, and obviously we've gone over a few things, don't let that ha- hang you up. You can see the answers in the back, and we'll be mentioning a lot of resources and books, and we've listed those out for you as well. I'm sorry about that. I'm glad I thought about that. Yeah, good job. <laughs> Yeah, there should be two pamphlets, a zero to one and a one to two, and then there's a handout that is a fill-in. Yeah. Thanks, guys, for handing this out. Yeah, so you probably just mainly focus on the... Um, the fill-in. Yeah. We have he's, handing, he's handing this out. We have some pins have if some you need pins. Yeah. And there should be a pin in your, um, your fo- folder that you got this morning as yeah. well. But just raise your hand if you need a pen. We have some, a couple of extras up here. You're doing a great job, Chris. Thanks, Chris. All right. Okay. Okay. So babies advance super quickly in their first year. Um, and I have a nice little chart up here. Just so, and like I said, um, every child is different. Um, and if your child is, you know, 14 months old and still not walking, that may be perfectly normal. But this is just kind of a ballparking of, of what your child should be able to do as they develop through the first year of their life. So we have being able to lift head and chest about three to four months, being able to reach for objects by four to six months, roll over four to six months, sit up six to eight months, pick something up with two fingers six to nine months, crawl six to ten months, and then stand up unsupported, maybe even walk 11 to 12 months. And once again, yes, they develop at all different rates. So no worries if, oh, my child is two. I don't know. Well, maybe if they're two. They'll get there. <laughs> that might be a problem. <laughs> Just kidding. All right. So <laughs> mentally, lots of exploration, exploration using all of their senses. You're going to see a lot of mimicking during the stage. And as a parent, 
Um, your job is to provide a safe exploring environment because your baby learns and understands the world through the responses they get from their actions. So the best educator for your baby is you. If you show you know, your baby, hey, we're kind of weary of fire, we're scared of fire, they're going to be afraid of fire or strangers, whatever it is. Or if we're excited to see a puppy, they're going to mimic that and they're going to learn how to respond to their environment based on what you do. So moving on to... Okay, yeah, so here's just another little chart for us to look at. Um, what they understand, zero to six weeks, they're going to know and prefer your voice. And crying is going to have distinct cries and can make limited vowel sounds. By three months, they can turn towards the sound of your voice. You're going to see some cooing, can make <laughs> consonant sounds. And what they understand by age six months, they're going to recognize your tone and be able to reproduce it. And pay attention to music. And you're going to see a lot of babbling for how they communicate. And by nine months, they're going to understand simple words like no and buy through body language. Understand words for common objects such as cup, shoe, and milk. And you're going to see a lot of babies speak. They're going to reproduce a lot of the sounds that they hear you make. Once again, a lot of some mimicking. You're the best educator for your baby. Around 12 months, they're going to understand around 70 words. And can follow simple directions, especially when associated with gestures. Like, come with daddy, and first words can pronounce all vowels and about half of the consonant sounds. You can say one to four words. Say one to four first words. That's pretty fast. Okay. So sexual integrity and development. It's never too early to incorporate this in your child's life. And I'm not saying, like, you should, you know, be having the birds and the bees talk this early. But there is a place for it. And what the main focus is at this point is that we are all made in God's image. And this is going to change the way that they feel about their bodies and the way that they treat others. If, if you're giving your child a bath and you say, you know, look at your beautiful blue eyes. God made your beautiful blue eyes. Look at your little strong legs. God made your little strong legs. It's going to change the way that they feel about themselves. And, and also, you know, don't hit little Billy. You know, God made his body too. <laughs> so this is really awesome. Poor little so, Billy. Really rapid physical growth, curiosity about their body, and no inhibitions about nudity. And during this phase, um, once again, keep telling them God made you during diaper changes, bath times, etc. And also assigning correct names for body parts. Um, and we just really believe that this is super important. One, um, just for protection. Uh, if they say so-and-so, you know, if a little girl says so-and-so touched my purse, is a lot different than if they actually said so-and-so touched my vagina. You know what I mean? And you could prevent a situation or actually know what's going on in your child's life. And also... You know, if, I know this is awkward, but if you're a woman, you have a vagina. If you're a man, you have a penis, and God made you. And there's no reason to be ashamed of, of who God made you to be. I think, like, you know, it's all cute. And so you go through puberty, you're like, oh, God, thanks, you're gross. <laughs> you know what I mean? When really, we're, we're made in his image, and he thinks that we're wonderful and beautiful. And we need to instill that confidence and self-respect and respect for others at this age. You can be doing that. Um, one really great resource for this is Straight Talk with Your Kids About Sex. is by Josh and Dottie McDowell. I'm sure a lot of you have heard of Josh McDowell. He's a really um, popular author and public speaker. I'm sure probably a lot of you actually have seen him come to churches. He's spoken in this area a lot. Um, you can find this book almost anywhere. His stuff's so popular. You can, I'm sure you can find it on Amazon, maybe even in our bookstore. And it's going to um, provide you with a lot of insight on how to understand and educate your children about sex in a godly way. Because that can be kind of... Awkward. You know, awkward, yeah, sure. So, emotional development. Um, at these early stages, you're going to see two basic emotions, pleasure and distress. But by nine months old, your baby should be able to express anger, 
disgust, fear, happiness, sadness, and surprise. And your facial expressions are pretty identifiable regardless of the kid, of the kiddos. And you can kind of look at this for a second. It's really just a... Well, it's interesting. So at day one, you're going to express distress. And you're, you can tell, especially by your baby's cry, that they're going to have like a distinct cry for being afraid or just like hungry or whatever it is. About six weeks, you're going to have your first social smile. That's so awesome. Two months, mirroring expressions of anger, sadness. Four months, expressing disgust. Uh, six months can turn away from strangers and, and show fear. And seven months, smiling and, and expressing surprise. That's pretty cool. So your baby is experiencing your emotions. Um, once again, your baby is learning how to respond to their environment and understand their environment from the way that they see you respond to your environment. If you drop your kid off in nursery and, and you have anxiety and you have fear, that's your baby's going to pick up on that. So, you know, a lot, we see that all the time. You know, p- parents are nervous about dropping their kids off, and that, and that goes on to their child. And, they, and they're like, oh, I, I should be afraid of going to church. So um, that's something you definitely need to take a look at and, and pay attention to. How do I want my child to feel about this certain thing? <clears throat> so what's changing morally? Spiritual development. Um, your baby is forming impressions about the world around them from birth. I, I love this quote. Um, yeah, I got it. It's by John Medina. He's a developmental molecular biologist. And he says, your baby was actually born preloaded with limited moral sensibilities. It's as if somehow in God's plan, the stamp of his image still affects us. Even though babies regularly demonstrate their inerrant self-centered nature, they also come with a remarkable ability to recognize good and prefer it over evil. Our from birth morality is like a compass leading us in the direction of the one who made us. I thought that was awesome. Um, there was an interesting study done um, where researchers used puppets and, and there was really no other um, external variables. Variables, um, And they used that and they discovered that by five months old, babies can show a preference for good over bad. Like they had little puppets who was like a good guy and a bad guy and they played out all these scenarios. And also by eight months, they demonstrate signs for understanding justice. And granted, they're only capable of this up to their intellectual level. But that's still very pretty impressive. I think, you know, it's, it's just like that. It's that moral compass that God has put inside mm-hmm. of us for us to know him and, and know what he wants for us. Um, basic skills to work on during this phase are going to be focus, self-control, self-soothing, and experiencing love, embracing, providing physical needs, singing, rocking, etc. Um, so from zero to one, this is just at a glance, um, your role, your major role during this phase is to embrace their physical needs their question is, am I safe? And your goal is to establish trust. We do have a video for you. It should be next, I think. Um, just about sleep. Um, if any of you have a baby, you probably don't get very much <laughs> sleep. And this is just an interesting um, little resource that provides some, some cool facts about sleep.
aren't they sweet when they're sleeping? Okay, that's one of my favorite times is when babies are sleeping. They're so sweet. That's like they're saving grace. I know my, um, even my 12-year-old, I absolutely love it to see. Okay, you don't want to hear me talk. Um, I absolutely love to hear or watch him when he's sleeping. It's just so sweet and so peaceful. It makes me happy. Um, Okay. All right, so I'm going to talk about what happens in our nursery, in our nursery area, and some of the things we have to offer here at Brookwood. Um, One of the first things I wanted to make sure you know is that one of the most important things at Brookwood Kids and in our family ministry is our relationship with you is a huge priority. We want to develop relationships with you, especially at this age, because it's hard for us to talk to infants and develop a relationship and get words back from them because they can't talk yet. So you are a major priority of ours. We want to talk to you, see, see, let you tell us what's going on with your child and how we can help you. Drop-off can be difficult at this age. All, actually, all throughout downstairs, you'll hear me refer to pods. Does anybody, is anybody here not go to Brookwood? Okay, great. Yay. So we have that each area that we have for our kids is called a pod. So you'll hear me refer to that pod A or the nursery. It's basically we have doors that are closed and they lock. You have to have a key card to get in. But that's where the kids are. And it's just a big circle. So you can just kind of find your way in and out. But so if you hear me referring to a pod, that's just one of our kid areas. Um, so drop off can be difficult both in my area and preschool. Um, separation anxiety runs rampant, and it can cut off and on in an instant. So please know that we understand that. Don't ever be apologetic for having to drop off your kid anywhere you are, because it's just a phase they go through. It's just a normal thing at this stage, and we are great at trying to entertain your kids and get them to forget that they're sad, and then they get to go and enjoy their time while you get to go to service. Um, Another big important thing for us is safety. We actually require all of our adult volunteers, 18 and older, to have a background check and sexual abuse prevention training every two years. So that is a big thing for us. We want you to know that your kids are safe. We also, all of our doors lock, um, like I said before, so you have to have a key card to get in and out. And we're more than happy to help you get back, but we just want to keep the crowd control, you know, a little bit less once service has started. Um, We also have cameras in all the rooms and all the halls. So that's another big safety feature for us downstairs especially. And that's for the protection of both your child and for the volunteers. And one of the big selling points, this is one of my favorite parts of the nursery, is we don't allow any men to change diapers. So that's also a big selling point for volunteers. So men are more likely to volunteer down in the baby area (laughs) if you know you don't have to change any diapers. So that's another um, part of our safety features downstairs. For our infants, we require all of our volunteers to be um, either high school or older. And nowhere in the nursery for the zero to two-year-olds can a teenager or a student accept a child into their room without having an adult present as well. So there's adults in all of our rooms. And then for the infants, high schoolers can volunteer as well. For the two-year-olds, well, let me finish talking about the ones. Um, The infants... And the ones, they are the smaller ones. So for infants, basically what goes on in those rooms is they're rocked, they're loved on, they're played with. We sing to them, we dance with them, we pray with them, we change their diapers, and we feed them. So we're just loving on them, providing for their needs, just the same as Jesus does for us. So we're just being Jesus with skin on for all of these sweet little muffins. 
For the ones, they're a little busier, so we have to be a little busier. They have a little more separation anxiety, and they're in the floor all the time moving and playing. So a lot of times, if you see us, we are in the floor playing with them. Um, We're not just going to be standing around watching them down on the floor. We're going to be down there rolling balls, playing with trucks, playing with cars, doing whatever they're doing, just so they can see that we can be on their level and love them just right where they're at. Two-year-olds, they're a little more, they're a little busier than the one-year-olds, and they're ready for a little more structure. So what we do with them is we have, a, we start introducing curriculum at this age. We actually have storyboards that have great pictures and graphics on the front, and our leaders tell the story, and we have focus on a Bible story each week, and then they actually go to large group where the story's reiterated, and they get to sing and worship and dance around and have fun in there with worship music. So they're getting to hear stories, they're getting to, you know, praise Jesus and dance and sing and have fun, and they're learning to pray. So that's really a really cool time for the two-year-olds. They, um, they also have snack, which I don't know how many of you already have kids um, or grandkids, but snack time is a favorite for little kids. We have we're nut, we try to keep, we're allergy conscious, so we don't allow any peanuts or nuts downstairs. So we usually have either kicks, checks, or Cheerios. Right now, we're mostly focusing on kicks because my leaders are letting me know that all of the kids are revolting against checks. So nobody wants checks, everybody wants kicks, so they love their coloring, t- their snack time, and take it very seriously. They also love to color. This is a fun phase where, you know, I still color outside of the lines. My eight year old colors better than I do. But um, they love to color, and they love to show you their work. So just know that you may, you're going to start getting papers home probably every Sunday. You can choose what you do with the papers. But they will be starting to color and, and do that kind of fun stuff and some crafts. Um, the next thing I want to talk about is our relationship with you. Again, like I said before, this is one of our most important parts in this in this world just because they don't really communicate with us until they get to about the twos and then they want to tell us everything more than once throughout the morning (laughs) they're going to go over the same stuff and it's really cute and they start to give prayer requests at this age too so that's kind of fun about prayer requests prayer requests they know that they just want you to tell them something that's important to them so that that's kind of fun to start hearing that too at this age um We want you to be excited that your kids are coming, or wherever you go to church, we want you and your kids to be excited about where you're going. So if they see your excitement, they're going to be excited. Like Corinne was talking about, they're going to mimic your behavior. So if they see you're hesitant or you're kind of not wanting to go, then that's kind of what they're going to do, especially at this age. So if your kid is having some separation anxiety, try to encourage them throughout the week. You be excited about it. Pray with them about it. They're never too young to start hearing you talking to Jesus. That's one of our most powerful gifts that we've been given, and it's never too early to see them uh, see you start using that. Let's see. Next is one of my very favorite things that we do here at Brookwood, and this is parent-child dedication. This one's near and dear to my heart, and I've participated. I have two kids, but Tyler, who is my oldest, he's 12, he's been dedicated twice. (laughs) So... We used to do it a little differently. Now it's more personal and intimate. Used to, and it was great then, but used to we would be on the stage and you would go up there with your baby, you know, and they would pray over you as 
you were introduced and everything. Now we do it a lot differently. We have made it a more intimate relationship for us and you, the parents, and your friends and your family. You have the greatest influence on your child's life. And we want you to, the parent-child dedication is a celebration of your commitment to live out an authentic faith as an example to your child. You are, you are the biggest influence we have. We only see them once a week. You have them the rest of the week. So you living out that authentic faith is one of the most powerful things you can do for your child. And part of that is letting them know that you fall short. We all make mistakes. There are some days where I feel like I make more mistakes than I do things right, especially as a parent. Um, one of the biggest things I've learned is that tell them, telling them I've made a mistake. You know, I got angry about this one. I shouldn't have, you know. I should have just stepped back, taken a couple breaths, prayed about it, and then, you know, maybe had a different outlook. So letting them know that you fall short is one of the biggest things you can do as a parent. To register for our dedication, you can go online. Our class, we used to have an in-person class. Now it's actually done online. So you go to our website, and where we have, um, there's a drop-down for classes, and you can just click there and register for the parent online dedication class. And you'll get two videos to watch. After you're done watching those, you can uh, go ahead and register for one of our ceremonies. And this is where it gets really fun, y'all. I love the ceremonies. They're so sweet and so special. Friends, this gives your friends and family an opportunity to celebrate with you, that you're going to you know, dedicate your life to trying to be authentic and raising your child up. And one of, the best, one of the fun things you get to do is choose a sponsor. This is a really, it's a really neat part because it takes a village to raise our children. I know growing up, my mom was a single mom. She had no village, and it was hard. It was hard. Um, it amazes me how single parents do it. I'm fortunate enough to not have to worry about that right now, but I, it takes a village. I could not do it on my own. Um, so you get to choose a sponsor. And this is someone, you know, even if you're not going through the dedication process, this is still something you want to keep on your radar. You want to surround yourself with people, have, a, have one, two, three, whatever's right for you and your family, but you want to have people that are going to help you in raising your child. Um, there's times when, you know, you may just need to pass the baton. <laughs> it's one of those benefits sometimes to having a spouse. There's days when I'm just spent, you know, and all Ronald has to do is look at me, you know, and it's kind of like, you know, you tag out and they get to have a chance. <laughs> so you want to have these people in your life to be able to help you raise your child. Next, you're going to get to write a letter. And this, this is one of the most emotional parts, I guess, of dedication. And you can do this separately or together. And again, if you're not going through our dedication, if you don't go to our church, think about doing this because this is a precious, priceless thing you can have for your child. Um, what you want to do is just sit down, think about how much your child means to you, how thankful you are for them. Put this on paper. Put down there how you feel about them, what you want them to be when they grow up, some of the characteristics you want them to have. You know, if you want them to have integrity or be super forgiving, be an encourager, you know, there's um, a prayer warrior, you know, things that you really, you really aspire for them to be. And jot those things down because for me, it's like yesterday, Tyler was that little baby sleeping in the crib and now he's going to be 13 and then three months. So 
it, fl- it flies by. So take time to do this. Whether you're going through the process or not, or you go here or not, take time to do this. It's something you're going to cherish. I mean, I would love for you to be a part of our dedica- <laughs> dedication. It's my favorite thing. And I, anyway, I could get on soapbox. So next thing is pictures. Lots of pics. So if you're going to be dedicated here, you're going to send me all kinds of pictures. And I've said every part is my favorite part, I think. But this is another favorite part. I love the pictures. I don't want professional pictures. Those are great and fine. But I want you to be able to give capture your child's personality. I've had pictures of potty training. I've had pictures, one of my friends, um, her daughter, there's the picture of her with two passies in her mouth. Like, because one's just not enough. So two passies in the mouth is even better. So anything that captures your child's personality, I want you to go ahead and send that in. We're going to we make slideshows and do all kinds of fun stuff with those pictures. So that's really fun. And then we have a reception. So that's after. So you actually get to share your letter on stage and your verse, but you have your sponsor with you. So if you can't muscle your way through it, because a lot of times, the, especially for the letters, the, the mom can't do it. You know, she's like, here you go, hand it to the dad. He can try to muscle through it. And then the dad starts crying, and then I start crying. So it's a beautiful thing, but um, you get to share that stuff on stage and then celebrate with your friends and family after. We have a light reception, and you get to just celebrate with them and enjoy that time. So what can you start doing now? What we want to do is create a rhythm. You want to do, do something throughout the day, find simple opportunities. You want to make it practical because let's admit it, it's too hard to try to fit one more thing into your day. Like just making it through the day can be enough sometimes to have to try to get through. So find opportunities throughout your day where you can fit in some Jesus time. You want to keep it simple and keep it practical. So I'm going to give you kind of an example. This is what I do with Izzy. And I'm just going to, she's closest to this age. And our day starts off with one of our things that we add for our rhythm. So um, since I'm with Izzy and my husband takes Tyler to school, I'm going to use Izzy as our example. Um, So first thing in the morning, first of all, you have to know Izzy, not a morning person. We live five minutes from school, and (laughs) we barely make it on time sometimes. I mean, I try to get to work a little early, but just getting that child out the door is, you know, a little bit of a struggle. She's just not a morning person, so... I really have to be focused and really have to make it practical and nothing extravagant. So what we do is by the time we get in the car, and like I said, Ronald does this also with Tyler. When we get in the car, we pray. And sometimes Izzy's eating her breakfast because like I said, she's not a morning person. So she may have like a little thing of grits and eating and praying. And so even when she was like itty bitty, we, we started this process. And um, at that point, because of the mimicking, I would start praying and I would wrap it up. And then as she got a little older, I would kind of encourage her with questions, you know, what are you thankful for? Um, what would you like to do today? Are any of your friends sick? You know, kind of give them some things to pray about. And now as she's gotten older, I get to see her heart come out. You know, she'll do it on her own. I'll say my little bit, and then I'm like, all right, Izzy, your turn. She'll say her a little bit. And it's fun to really watch her thought process as she's learning to communicate with Jesus and just talk to him like she would talk to me. But she does that because she got to hear me. She got to hear me do it and do it as, you know, mimic me, which is kind of cool. And she would kill me if I told y'all this. But one of my favorite things that she does this every morning right now 
is um, <laughs> when we're praying, she prays for you know her friends that are sick, or she'll pray for the sick people or people in the hospital. And then she has this funny little thing. She says, I don't know where she got this one, but she'll say, please help all of the bad people in the world and help them become parts of the good life. And she gets like this little fairy godmother voice. And she's not a girly girl at all. So I don't know where she gets that. But every time, like, I'm just ear to ear in the driver's seat, just smiling away, just so happy that she feels so free to talk to Jesus. Like, it's just amazing. Anyway, um, (laughs) so guide them with questions. And if they're, if they're still little, just pray with them. Um, one of my favorite things is, I remember when Tyler was a baby, is I would love to just sing to him and dance with him. Um, any songs, it could be whatever. But, you know, use that time, whether it's in the morning when they first get up, just love on them, pray with them, spend that quality time with them. Next, um, throughout the day, is the music. That's always a great time. Just about everybody listens to some form of music. And I don't know, has anybody been a part of Adventure Week in here or heard of Adventure Week? Okay, so every year, our, our Vacation Bible School is called Adventure Week. And we give out a CD that has our music that we've played throughout the week. And this will be our 10th year coming, so I have all nine CDs. And Izzy, since she was born, she's eight, so she's, she was in my, she's been here for all of them. She's just in my tummy for one. And she loves these CDs. She wants to listen to them all the time. Repeat, repeat, repeat. We used to go on vacation to Panama City. Nine hours of Adventure Week CD. (laughs) And I think there's maybe five songs on some of those CDs. Like, it's over and over. So, um, but it's a great time for her to have fun and get in some more Jesus. So, we do it. It's a little trickier with Tyler. He's 12, so you have to be a little more creative with your music. But, um... It's definitely possible, and it's an, easier, it's an easy, practical way, again, to fit it in. Bedtime. Bedtime is a really fun time to fit in a little extra. You can do prayer again, which is beautiful. And it's a good time to calm down, you know, because you're wanting to help them get to sleep. You know, it's, it's time to get some downtime. Um, some ideas for them at this age. Go over what they did on Sundays. We've started putting up. Uh, so two-year-olds all the way up through fourth grade, we are putting on our door frames each Sunday what they're going over. So you can either go on our Facebook page, Brookwood Kids, or just get out your cell phone. Take a quick picture when you're waiting in line to pick them up. And you can scroll through that and look at it any day of the week and, you know, talk about the Bible story. It's that simple, but you can reiterate it and go over it again. And we also have some great, you can get these on Amazon. We also carry these in the bookstore. But the storybook, Bible for Jesus, an amazing, fun storybook. It has great graphics and simple stories. I still like it at 40 years old. And then the story for little ones is another great one. So again, you're just going to try to create easy opportunities throughout your day. Make it, make it practical. Keep it simple so you can keep doing it. And that's going to help you create a long rhythm that you'll be able to use all throughout their, their life um, until they are out of your house at least. And hopefully that's when they'll keep carrying it on and make it theirs. And eventually it'll recycle again. So um, just to reiter- uh, reiterate one more time, our biggest thing here is to make a, have a relationship with you. That, that's how they're going to start developing relationships with us too and trusting us. Keep it simple. Keep it practical. Stay consistent. Um, Separation anxiety especially is going to make it so much easier if we're consistent 
with every aspect of our life, but especially when you're dropping a kid off just one time a week. Being downstairs and seeing a lot, I really do recommend y'all try to make it as often (laughs) as possible and try to go to the same classroom. You can always ask for your favorite teacher and we'll do our best to get them in there. If you have any questions about this message, you can reach us at our email, students at brookwoodchurch.org. If you have children of other ages, be sure to listen to our other podcasts labeled with the corresponding age group. Thank you so much for listening and have a great day.